Locale. Local. Shock. Local. Cambiamento. Tahir. Gergelecta. Sakula Ijaya. Food. Change. Hi everyone and welcome to this new episode of the Sfin podcast dedicated to EU food policies where we explore and dissect for you European debates on hot topics regarding food and agriculture. For this last episode of the year, we will actually not speak about EU food policies. While you are all recovering from delicious but I'm guessing intense end of the year festivities, let me talk to you about youth. These past years, young people from around the world have raised their voices and took up the fight against climate change, inequalities, racism, war, corruption, you name it. Young people hold a great power to change the world, and more and more of them do everything in their power to get their message across. Mid-December, members of the Slow Food Youth Network in Europe and students at the Slow Foods University of Gastronomic Science gathered in Bra in northern Italy. It was a great opportunity for me to sit down with a few of them and discuss about their views on political activism, their desire to see a sustainable food system happening in Europe and beyond, and their relationship to the European Union. Let me introduce them to you. I met up with Jorit, president of the Slow Food Youth Movement, Mallory, American student at UNISG, the Slow Foods University of Gastronomic Science, Paolo, member of SFIN in Sardinia, and Lian, president of SFIN Netherlands. Thank you all for joining me today, and I have a zillion questions for you, so let's start. Jorit, can you explain to us what exactly is the SFIN movement? Well, Slow Food Youth Network is obviously the youth movement behind the global Slow Food Network. And what we try to do is really engage you from all over the world in order to yeah, put on a fight towards a more sustainable food system. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that this is not just a, a, a one-time battle or a one-issue battle, but you see that youth from literally everywhere across the globe, from, from big cities to rural areas and, and everything bet- in between, all find their own ways in order to, to, to make a change within the food system. And yeah, with Slow Food Youth Network, we really try to connect all these dots and really try to empower all these um, activities in order to yeah really safeguard our future because i mean in the end that's all where it's all all about we are youth we we are worried about our future but also really hopeful about that we can make a change in that so that's something that unites us all that sounds like a really cool program (laughs) thank you (laughs) and uh what are your ongoing and upcoming battles with uh, the swing movement so um, within within SWIN, we are always focusing on um, a variety of thematics, and they, they they could be seen within the context also of the wider uh, strategy of the slow food movement. So the majority of our work focuses on education. We love to educate each other. We love to um, we love to, to 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 be curious to learn about the food system and really dive into. Um, yeah, in, in, into depth about certain issues of the um, of the food system, and um, we, we we do that by by literally just going out or organizing ourselves and going out and visit producers, visit um, visit traders, visit uh, tasters and eaters, and, and and literally speak with everyone just to to 
to get to know what the food system is about. And once you have the opportunity to really dive into that, um, in whichever way you do that, you also start understanding what the struggles are. And once you know what the struggles are and you really know uh, where, where they're coming from, you also get an idea of what an individual or a group of people can do in order to to make a change so we're really strong on on on, on uh, education for example with our svin or slow food youth network academy um or also with other issues like uh on the menu um the on my plate campaign other uh, campaigns that we carry out just to to educate each other and just to to raise more awareness for a variety of, of topics within the food system and these things can be, um, uh, yeah, these can be really organically organized, or they they are based around issues that are currently urgent within the food system. Hello, <laughs> nice to be here. Yeah, welcome to the Slip Video Podcast. I'm really happy that you're here with me today. Thank you. It's glad to, it's awesome to be here and it's so important that this podcast is made. So happy to contribute. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, let's start with a general question. Could you please introduce yourself a bit for our listeners? Yes. Um, well, hi, I'm uh, Lianne from the Netherlands. I am the director of Slow Food Youth Network, the Netherlands, uh, which is uh, a uh, the Dutch part of the Slow Food Youth Network. And I've done this for two and a half years now. And um, in the Netherlands, we have a paid office um, uh, with only swinners. So that is uh, awesome. Yeah, that must be a super cool atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> when and why did you decide to join Svin? Well, it was quite easy, actually. I was just interested in food. I come from a uh, family of farmers. So I think that triggered me to be interested in food and agriculture and then i just googled youth sustainability food and swin was the first thing that popped up and i was interested and i thought oh i'm gonna join and uh, we have like local communities where everyone can join and just be a volunteer and organize uh, events and i started doing that in utrecht which is my hometown and uh, yeah that's how i got involved and I got more and more involved and eventually I got uh, the job as the director. So that's awesome. And what about you, Paolo? I'm a 30 years old uh, uh, worker by, from Sardinia, from Italy. Uh, Sardinia is in an Italian region and um, I think I work in a startup uh, here in Sardinia. Um, it's a tech working in the field of uh, of tourism and I do the public relations uh, sector. I'm the manager of public relations of, uh, of my startup. And why, why did you decide to join Sven? Uh, well, in this case, uh, it's more linked on the method. So um, I think that's a matter of how our generation uh, feel these matters uh, compared to the older ones, so we have uh, like a different kind of communication. Uh, we also uh, underline some different aspects. Maybe we are more linked to 
um, the the environment movement also we are influenced by Fridays for Future or the the general the discussions we are having uh, at the global level like the COP26. Um, so I, I think it's more based on how we feel some some you know uh, some subjects let's say so how we um, we also frame them uh, on a more existential basis and also of course it's easier we are like a digital generation so we are more familiar to this kind of uh, approach let's say. Um, my name is Mallory Sirkleski. Um, I'm a current student in, at UNISC, University of Gastronomic Sciences in Bra, Italy. Um, I'm in second year Magistrale, which is the Italian um, master's program, uh, food innovation and management. I'm from originally from the States, from Florida. Um, I did my bachelor's in sustainable food systems and political science, double degree. And yeah, that's pretty much it. And uh, after you graduate, what do you intend to do with your degree? Like uh, what direction are you going to take job-wise? So I was always thinking I would be doing something uh, always with food activism because this is my, where my interests lie, what I was doing before. Um, but in the context of the UN, so the agencies in Rome, I was thinking about the FAO and the World Food Program. But actually, the more that I've been here, the less I want to go down this path. I would really like to stay with smaller organizations doing grassroots activist work, activism work, um, whether that's around land, uh, smallholder farmers, farmer activism, agroecological um, training and education. So that's kind of like my vibe right now is like really being in community and with people like more small scale um, grassroots community activism. Why food? Why, what do you wish to fight for, to ag advocate for regarding food? Yeah, that's a great question because it's something I think about so often, especially being here because in the US, I was in such a niche world of food activism. We frame our activism. Um, generally, people are talking about like the key terms people are talking about is food justice, um, food apartheid, food sovereignty. Um, it's, it's what people are talking about because it makes sense to the context of the United States. So this is what was, I would say I was like born into in terms of my activism because um, it's very clear. The history of the U.S. is very clear and the issues are very in your face. Every um, The issues are very racialized, seg like segregation of neighborhoods. Um, all of these things are like, not, I wouldn't say like the word is easy, but it's very clear what work needs to be done. And so this was the work that I was doing in the U.S. I was on the ground um, working in communities. The, the city I was living in was 
uh, when I moved there, number two in the amount of concentration of food deserts in the whole country. So um, there was huge movements going on that I was able to like pretty easily join and learn from the people who were fighting for this. So um, that's kind of like the context that I have of food activism. And it's been very interesting being here and kind of opening myself up to the, to, it's like a similar fight, of course, like it's, we're all part of the same movement in a way, but I've been really intrigued with what food activism looks like in Europe, looks like in other countries, um, because the problems, I mean, of course, they're all stemming from the same thing, which is like capitalism, colonialism, all of these like big, big concepts. But um, it's just framed in a different way. So for for the past year and a half, I've just been trying to like understand how my previous conceptions of um, of activism are being challenged and being changed and how I can play a role in this new context. This is kind of a, a bigger topic, but like in the US, I was active, but I was pushing myself so hard and like I was really feeling the burden of capitalism, which like is pushing you to be productive and push yourself. And, and um, if we really think about it at the root of all the problems that I was fighting for was capitalism and was um, this thing that was really like oppressing me kind of. And so when I came here, I was really able to like release that burden and just try and understand, just, just try and learn. And I think that that's really needed in all form, I think in, in all forms of activism, you should really understand and listen for a long time before, before you're active. And that's what I really needed to be doing here in the, in the EU. What food topics matter the most to you? Which ones do you want to fight for the most? Maybe we start with you, Mallory, and then Leanne and Paolo. It's kind of maybe a touchy subject because I'm not sure if I'll ever, if I'll live in the US, but if I have to think of the issues that were on a local scale that I really care about and are drawn to, and I'm able to apply to the more global scale was, so I was fighting for um, the first issue would be racial segregation and racism in general. Um, And this segregation If you analyze the food systems that are at play in certain cities, you can see how clear the segregation is in terms of the grocery stores that are available, the fresh food that's available, the amount of um, fast food uh, stores that are in these neighborhoods, um, the health rates that are going on. Like it's it's very clear, and all of it's manifested in in food. In the context of the the globe like the world <laughs> i would just say like inequality that ex- that still exists today between the global north and the global south and how the global north is is um continuously perpetuating these histories of colonialism and how all of that is manifested in land and food 
in the way that people are um, are being affected and how their food system is being shaped by all of these external forces that they they don't have much control over and trying to empower and fight for them to to regain this power yeah it's kind of a kind of a lot of things but that's kind of it well i find it very hard to choose one topic because really through by being a volunteer and being active at Swin, it really taught me that you cannot look at the different problems in the food system as like separate problems. It are the the yeah, the whole system. We have to re, we look at the whole system and we have to solve the whole system. If I have to choose one topic at this moment, it would be that uh, it it would be about um, the idea that people have a free choice in what they eat. Uh, while in reality they are influenced so much by the industry to eat what they sell you, and uh, you, a lot of people don't make their own choices. They are like influenced by uh, how the supermarket looks, uh, by marketing, by their surroundings, by smells on the train station. Right at the moment, if you are like hungry. Uh, and, and that's a topic which I find very interesting. And yeah, you could call that the food environment. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, uh, for sure, the preserving uh, of biodiversity. So uh, how we can protect and encourage also the small production, small farmers, uh, in order to um, preserve also the traditions and the cultural and social patrimony they express. So this is very important to me. And also uh, how we, we, I mean, we conduct the, the agriculture in, uh, in, in Europe, like reducing the use of pesticides and keeping the idea of a good, uh, clean and fair food for all. So also keeping these kind of uh, values and characteristics, but also uh, keeping the food accessible for everybody. And also the, the, the education part. So educating uh, the younger generations uh, with, uh, with these kind of values. So promoting, for example, the, the gardening, um, in the gardens, the school gardens, in order to educate also children from a very young age to what, what does it mean to have a good food, let's say. Jorit, Lian, why does youth activism matter nowadays, according to you? Well, first of all, you, you in, my, in my experience, I've been working with, with slow food for, for the past five years. And what I always see when it comes to decision maker is that it is a group often of respected people who are, let's say, a bit older than us. A group of people who have a lot of experience um, and they are very much capable of, of creating good policies, of, of good, yeah, good change. However, they are not the persons who are most influenced by these decisions. 
And what I feel about involving youth is that youth actually have a stake in this debate. It's it's about our future. When when we want to change something, and it, it's sometimes really hard to see people from other generations speaking about, for example, climate change, and hear that it has to be affordable because um, if we want to do something about it, because otherwise it, it's impossible to do. Well, for our generation, if we don't do something, for example, about climate change, then our whole planet is going to, to, to be massively changed and we'll have such a different, um, yeah, we, we'll have such a different um, living atmosphere to, to live in and, and gives us so much more challenges in order to, to uh, yeah to to literally change change things but also to live in that um, yeah it, it, it's super important to 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 get our voice heard to 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 speak up and also speak with the people who are actually making these decisions to show them that what they're doing has such a massive impact on our lives and that also if we want to have a brighter future we have to speak up and and tell what that brighter future should should look like so from that perspective i, I think it's extremely important that that youth are involved within whatever decision people take because uh, like we are the generation uh, which has to solve all the shit we have made of the world nowadays and in the last couple of 50, last 50 years. I think uh, that the youth, the position of the youth is very important because they are young, of course, and that they really have uh, 80 years in front of them in which they have to live on this world. And they really see that the consequences of our climate change, of our biodiversity loss is something they have to deal with. And I think this realization is far more real in young people, by young people. So I think that that's, that, that's the reason why uh, they, it's so important to involve youth because they can like, look into the future more. And next to that, I also think that young people are not as much rusty in the system how it is they are open to new ideas they are not afraid to yeah to to think different differently to to uh, innovate and i i think that's also very important that youth uh, is activated and they they use their voice any of you two would have good tips to be an efficient, a good activist for potential future young heroes that are maybe listening to us right now? Uh, do where your energy is. So do something which gives you energy, which also gives you joy, which you can do with people uh, who you like. Because if you are not doing something which gives you the energy and joy in life, um, I think it wouldn't last very long. <laughs> so... Uh, I think there are a lot of things which make can make us sad, like climate change and biodiversity loss and the fact that change is so slowly. But uh, that shouldn't, yeah, that shouldn't be like the only emotion, like disappointment and 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 being angry. I think uh, for a short time that can give you energy, but not in the long run. And I think we are here for the long run. So do something, do something on a top topic that gives you energy well i think 
well, like, like I mentioned before, one, one of the issues we really focus on is education. And I think everyone can educate him, him her, themselves. Um, and that's something that, that is so easy to do. It's so easy to, to open a newspaper, watch a documentary, read an article, um, listen a podcast, just or just meet and speak with people who are related to a certain issue. Um, I think once you once you get yourself interested in the thematics around sustainability in food, there's such a massive world to 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 learn, and there there's so many things that that the all of us can really um, get yeah richer in, in in knowledge from in order to 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 better understand what's going on, but also to to feel more comfortable um, making a uh, making conscious choices within our life. And um, I think educating ourselves and, and being curious is the, is, is the key to, to, to achieving change and, and yeah, creating a better future. Since our podcast series is all focused on EU policies, I'm very curious to know about your views, young people's views on the European Union. And by that, I mean, do you feel close to it? Do you feel that you understand it and that it's doing its job in the areas that matter to you? like food, agriculture, biodiversity loss, climate change, you name it. In general, the EU is doing a much better job at creating laws and creating a, like a society that aligns the most with my values. And this gets back to, I mean, everything gets back to like inequality and and what I'm talking about before, because in the US, the food system, everything is perpetuated and, and um, influenced by the fact that the government isn't providing health care. Social services are very minimal. Um, like the government is not helping to create equality that would then manifest in people's consumption patterns in the food system. And I think the EU is doing, I mean, yeah, like you said, I'm from the US, so I, I don't quite understand how it's all working. But from what I see, the, the way the government is working to create social equality in terms of healthcare and housing and jobs and like allowing people to not be so burdened by these things that are really basic that sh in my opinion and I think the opinion of most Europeans that are really basic um such as like that if tomorrow you get sick you can go to the hospital and you won't be in debt for the rest of your life really allows people to then focus on the more quote-unquote smaller things which is like how can I provide for myself in terms of like what food am I going to eat um, and spending time and energy on these things that may seem really small, but make a huge impact on the way people are living their lives, which means, um, which means the way that society is formed and which really goes back to, to our food system and how, how everything is functioning. Well, I 
I really think that for young people, especially uh, being a European citizen is like something we just, it's just, we are European citizens. And I think that's, uh, we, we are far more uh, aware of the fact than older generations. So we really trust on the European Union to change something and to change for the better. And um, what I would like to, to see that they they really like set goals and 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 make visions which which promise also a better world and uh, and show also that our world could be awesome if we have a sustainable world because it's not only that it uh, that it costs a lot of money to change now it's also something because we want to build a better world so maybe be more positive about it if I see like news articles about all the measurements taken for uh, a, a more sustainable agriculture or a better food system, then it's always, oh, it's going to cost us this much money and food is going to be more expensive. No, it's not only that. It's also that we are looking forward to a, a better world. And uh, I think that the European Union has a very big role into to make that image more visible and to show to people and citizens that, um, yeah, we are working together towards that goal. I think there's a lot of influence um, from Europe towards what we have on our plate currently and what we are eating every single day. And um, in one way, yes, Europe is doing a, a tremendous job in making sure that there is food security. There, there is plenty of food within Europe, and there is um, there is still um, a lot of potential for for people to to grow food. However, there there is also major challenges within the European system, and and um, you see you see that that's um and and that's mainly due to 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 how for example the policies are implemented that you see that uh, money for for food production is is not personally going to to food production and is supporting uh sustainable farming practices but is going to people with land and these people by with land uh, are not by default farmers um, and this is something that luckily finds its way also in Brussels and in, in, in the new regulations. But I think um, it's very important to, to be very critical on, on how the public money is being spent and being invested. And um, I think that that's something that, that, of course, Brussels is super aware of. And, and there, there's loads of people who are uh, we know way more about this than I, and, and specifically inside these um, these institutions. But at the same time, you also see that within within Europe, within Brussels, within the Commission, there there is a new new movement going. There 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 are new voices raising, and I'm, for example, really happy with the fact that there is the new European Green Deal with with with, with the Farm to Fork strategy integrated in which there are some really concrete examples of making our European agriculture um, more sustainable. And you, Paolo, do you think the EU takes European youth enough into account? Something has been done uh, in the last years, but really can be improved uh, a lot in the, in the following ones. And this means uh, 
putting more money on this, on involving the, the young people. Before we close this podcast, I wanted to know if the four of you had a message or a question for the European Union. Who wants to start? Paolo, maybe? Well, I would ask the European Union to preserve the biodiversity and, for instance, the variety of seeds, plants we have in the European uh, agricultural system uh, and protect the small farmers because they often uh, protect like the cultural and social patrimony we have in our in our societies and this is not guaranteed by the industry I have to be very honest so um, I would ask the European Union um, not to listen just the bigger group of interest of the agro-industry but also really listen to small farmers um, that of course they they have a less political weight in the decision making process but they are um, maybe they have like a more respectuous approach to to the nature and this will be really vital on an existential level in the next years so we have really to <laughs> slow down and uh, listen to to this kind of voices so i know that in terms of uh, representation uh, they they don't have the the same uh, the same voice of the very well structured group of interests uh, but they really deserve to be listened i think so i would ask the european union that to really keep the this patrimony and the ecological patrimony in mind while uh, um, ruling this sector. I mean, my first, my first thought and something I, I haven't mentioned very much is that to me, um, from what I can tell so far is that in the U.S., the, the, one of the hugest issues is um, like racial inequality. Whereas here, I think one of the biggest issues in terms of inequality is migration and immigration and how, um, and how migrants are uh, taken into society and able to, to shape their food system. And I know that there is actually a lot of work that's going on with this. Um, but I think that that would be, it's not necessarily a message, but I guess kind of like my hope is that the EU is able to foster these people and these experiences. And, and I mean, in general, I hope that not just the EU, but the EU and the US and all of these developed countries really reevaluate their role in the world and how their policies that uh, maybe they think are just affecting them, but are really affecting the global South deeply. I think the EU maybe gets, gets off with a lot of stuff, gets away with a lot of stuff that really needs to be reevaluated and, and pushed against. 
um, in order to create more equality within our world. My question would be, why are they not more actively involving young people in making their policies? And uh, why is the voice of youth still not something which they take seriously, but is something they, they hear it and they say, oh, how awesome that the youth is so involved, but they do nothing with it or not as much as we like. So I would ask them, give, you, give young people a, a role in, in this transition and make their voice more visible also in the, in the, in the politics. Well, um, not so much a question, but I do definitely have a message to the EU. Because, um, and not just to the EU, but to every listener in the, from, from this podcast, because these, it's important to realize that these institutes like the European Union are definitely representing uh, what, the, what, what our society needs. They're they in there. They're in place to 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 serve us to 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 really develop the the area where we're living in and also give us security in all kinds of um, yeah in all kinds of thematics and because it's such an overarching institute it, it might feel so far away it might feel so untouchable it might feel so anonymous and you might feel so small however we all have a say in, in what's happening in Brussels and we all have the possibility to get engaged. And yes, of course, if you're just starting out, it might feel super complex to, to get involved, but there are so many um, opportunities to, 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 to get your voice heard in, in, uh, in a debate via, for example, a public consultation, or there are so many trainings going on from NGOs around the European institutions in which you can participate in. There are so many campaigns going on in which you can just hit the streets and, and support the cause. And um, I think it's very important to know that every single voice is heard. Whatever you want to do, whatever you want to share, you, your voice can be heard if, if, you, if you speak up. These are really cool messages to close the podcast on. You're making it very easy for me. Well, thank you very much to all of you for being here with me today. To those who are listening to us right now, do not hesitate to share this podcast with your network and to subscribe to the Sfin podcast channel on which this episode is hosted. You can find Slow Food Europe on Twitter to get up to speed with the latest news on EU food policies, but you can also follow Sfin and UNESG on Instagram and explore what slow food activists are up to. I wish you all a merry end of year. See you in 2022.